On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, of course, it is the 19th of February. What a weekend we have had. Hopefully it was a good weekend for you on the punt. It was a big weekend in two parts of New South Wales. Unfortunately, Lismore, uh, they were so excited to host that country champs meeting on Saturday. Mother Nature, look, that part of uh, northern New South Wales continues to be kicked in the guts, really. Uh, so, unfortunately, that meeting was transferred over to Grafton after the heavy rain came uh, late last week, just out of the blue. It hit Brisbane and southeast Queensland out of the blue, hit Lismore. They were predicting some form of rain, but not as much as they received. And, unfortunately, they uh, lost that meeting. And so, it went over to Grafton, uh, where we saw a great performance from Matt Dunn and Tribeca Star and Brody Loy. Good to see him riding uh, a a big race winner because that'll be coming to Sydney now, Tribeca Star. Connections, of course, owned there in Lismore. So uh, it was a big weekend. Uh, and, of course, we saw yesterday um, Craig Williams and also Ron Stubbs combined with Bianco Valano down there at Albury. And it looks like they had a big crowd and a good day. And we'll talk more about the country champs later. Of course, in Sydney, all the talk was fangirl after her brilliant performance and the way in which she just picked up the field and went whoosh. And uh, it was great to hear on the Big Sports Breakfast weekend yesterday. Um, a number of people talk about Fangirl and that performance sets her up possibly for a big campaign throughout the championships. And down in Melbourne, we saw obviously Imperatriz and Private Eye fight uh, right to the to the line there when it came to the Lightning. Imperatriz finding late, winning for Opie Boston and Team Tiakau. And also Private Eye. Not many people expecting Private Eye to be in that position that he was, but it was a great race and... Jay Pride and Blake Shin saying, bring it on, when we hopefully will see them clash again. Or maybe will we? Will we not see her be in Sydney? It'd be very interesting to see what Team Tiaka do. And obviously, all this chat about uh, Jimmy's a star. Uh, it's certainly any time you jump on uh, Twitter at the moment, everyone wants to have their say in relation to him getting rolled there at a very short price. We'll maybe hear what you have to think throughout the day. 135353 is the open line number, or the text line is 0419-767-272. Ron Doversy, you were there live uh, on the weekend in Sydney, mate. You saw Fangirl win. What did you make of it straight after the race, mate? Because visually watching on TV, it looked unbelievable. It certainly did. She was back as if unbeatable and was unbeatable, the way she put paid to them with arrogance and... Um, the way she went about her work and the turn of speed and the health that she's in. And, um, yeah, she's just, um, you can't say she's a different mare, but she's uh, uh, just as good, if not better, than we've ever seen her before. Certainly is. Uh, we've also got Richard Callender joining us. So we've got Ron Doversy, Richard Callender, and David Gately not too far away. Uh, Richie, I heard you yesterday on the Big Sports uh, Breakfast, mate. Uh, you were talking about Fangirl and her performance, and obviously you were... Quite keen to give Militarise a big rap too and suggest that he'll be mighty hard to beat in his next start when he's back to three-year-olds. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Ron. Um, look, I think the best way to say it really is by the end of the autumn carnival, we'll look back and I reckon there might be three, four horses that finish behind 
fangirl on Saturday that might have won a big feature race, whether it's a Group 1 or whether it's a, a big money race. So I think the race form will be enormous. Buckaroo was great. Linderman was good. Think It Over was good for the old boy. But fangirl, wow. Yeah, she was sensational. Uh, Duff, let's talk about that in the Apollo Stakes. Obviously, we know the plan that she's on. It, it, her path maybe got a little bit easier, maybe some would find, when we knew that uh, Haggis wasn't bringing that good horse uh, for the, the 10 furlong race to the Queen Elizabeth later in the prep, due by honour. Uh, so Mr Brightside was your favourite, to, sort of late into last week. That was sort of Friday night into Saturday. And then obviously she comes out now and performs like she has. So naturally, she's going to firm when it comes to all of these markets. So from a Queen Elizabeth perspective, she is now 450 favourite in front of Mr Brightside. And then you've got Gold Trip and Mushtaba at uh, both at $11. And then Pride of Jenny at 11 and a tissue at 15, who we saw last week. Uh, that's the best performance we've seen so far from these horses returning from that the, the wait for age. And we're going to hopefully see that as these weeks roll on. Oh, for sure. You've only got to look at the marketplace where how it's a tra- how it's reacted with her. You know, the, she's you know odds on for a very very elegant. She's um, in the markets for all the big races: the George Ryder, the Queen Elizabeth. Nothing's off the table. It's just a matter of Chris plotting a path which way he wants to go with timing and whatever. And um, yeah, if she arrives in that form, uh, she's going to take a power of beating even even if Mr. Brightside turns up. What about some of the beaten brigade? Uh, and I'll come back to, to you here, Richie. So, obviously, Militarise uh, was very good when running second. Uh, and as you said yesterday, and the markets reflect this, mighty hard to beat back to its own age group very, very soon when we talk about, you know, Ramwick guineas, Rosehill guineas, etc. Yeah, well, Chris had the choice. Um, and, and you would have looked at Chris's record like Duff does. You look back over how Chris has got to certain races. Militarise were in terrific on Saturday, and it was a matter of whether Chris ran last Saturday in the wake for age, but then it would have been, I think, four, what it would have been, uh, getting to the Ram at Guineas would have been another, uh, would have been only a fortnight if he ran next week in the Hobart Bill against the three-year-olds. I think Chris wanted to give him that, uh, give himself that extra week, so he runs now, now it's three weeks to the Ram at Guineas, he'll probably have a tick over trial. Um, I thought Buckaroo was, was very, very good. Uh, he only got out that last little bit. He he looked like he was. I don't think there's a lot to work with. I just think he's a horse that gets to his fitness and holds it. He'll look out. He'll be real hard to beat in those races at two thousand metres plus. He might be a Queen Elizabeth horse, but um, and look, Linderman was good. He didn't get his opportunity to get out rolling. Look, Timmy Clark was positive on Linderman. He was in a lovely spot. Then Nash went round on Think It Over, and then Timmy's thinking, "What do I do here?" Next year, you know, the Navajo Pete comes up three deep, and then he was just in a spot where he couldn't really progress. I even thought Cascadian went Ooh. okay, and he ran last. Um, look, the, the thing that you look back at the, the Apollo, and I've watched it, I reckon, 38 times since, I can't believe how quickly she picked them up. That was just absolutely awesome. No, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. No, I agree with all that. I think Buckaroo's got a big race in him. He wasn't what, what race would it be for Buckaroo, guys? Well, would, it, would it be a Sydney Cup or is it a... No. 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 Uh, It'll Chris, be the Ranvet. Yeah, yeah. Chris gave it a free tip there. He said, he, after the race, he said, Ranvet, uh, that's his race. Yeah, once he's, it's straight on the top of his tongue, so he's had that race in mind for him for sure. And the marketplace t- told you he wasn't there Saturday as far as ready to win. So, yes, a big tick for him for me. I, I reckon he could have run second there. 
uh, easily. You know, I reckon Cascadian could have run third. <laughs> he was coming. <laughs> he was really coming. And then he, he dropped his hands on him and obviously bowed his head when he ran into a dead end and let him coast to the line. So, look, there's no real negatives out of the race. It's just the big positive of the winner. Uh, Militarised, you know, that's a lovely... A uh, lovely Randwick Guineas kick-off. Um, would you think Chris would bring Riff Rocket back for that Randwick Guineas as well, or does he stay in Melbourne, Richard? No, he'll stay in Melbourne, Ron. I, what's the, I think the uh, the Australian Guineas. Yeah, It'll be interesting, enough. though. I, I reckon he might be um, a Doncaster-type horse as well. I don't think... Look, I know he won a derby, um, uh, but I, I think his peak goes that, you know, the the, the, the mile to the 2,000, I reckon, sees him out. The 2,500, uh, he got that because he was just too good for them. And we've seen that over, you know, the last 50 years. Sometimes you can just beat your own eight because you've got a, a, you got a class ledge on them. But he was good. I thought even if you're talking about Riff Rocket Duff, it was great. I watched the replays again. I thought Tannhauser was a sneaky run myself. Mm. Um, who, when it got to the outside, I thought it found the line terrific. Yeah, but it was just a freakish performance by Riff Rocket. You know, and yeah. you, you, you talk about that, um, you know, you don't have to be a stayer to win a, if you're a good horse in the in the derby, and you don't, because the last horse to win the um, the derby and then the Hayes was uh, Mahogany, who was regarded not a stayer after that as well. So yeah. maybe there's, maybe there's, oh, no, he's no Mahogany yet, but there's a similarity there. Certainly is. Uh, we've got our first call on the line, Dave, uh, and you can jump in and get involved with the show straight away, punters. So you don't have to wait. Thirteen fifty three fifty three. Give us a call. We're going to have David Gately soon joining us from our Melbourne studio. Uh, but you do have Richard Callender and Ron Duffy. And David, you want to talk about Fair Girl? Yeah. Look, um, I was just. I took the short horse, but I was just taken by the outstanding win. It was. Of course, she's not as good, but it was wings like. But really, I think one thing. Um, I remember when um, Black Caviar retired, we got a glimpse of how good buffering was. And if, if you go back a year ago, Fangirl was running placings to um, Animo in the um, Apollo, the Chipping Norden, the George Ryder. Um, you know, really good races, but just found Animo just too good. Um, you take Animo out of those three races and it would have won, probably won three group ones then. So... Probably we may be underestimating her then because she was just bumping into a, you know, a wonderful galloper in Animo because in hindsight it probably just also shows just what a wonderful galloper we had, we witnessed in Animo over two or three seasons. Yeah, maybe um, Corey put it to James McDonald, oh, lucky, you know, Animo's not around these days and he said, well, maybe uh, lucky <laughs> he's not around with the form she's in because she's come back better. Uh, so that's hard to line up now. Animo's a great horse, but um, I, I, geez, I, I think she's better than what she was. I don't, I'm just guessing that, but to the eye, you'd like to see her do it again, but what she did on Saturday was as, as good as Animo's ever done. It's hard to argue with anything um, either of you said, that you know, Animo was, I think sometimes we didn't realise how good he was. You never do until sometimes when they've retired or they've left, but I think Ron's spot on, the, and maybe what James said on Saturday to Courier. Um, this is now an autumn five-year-old mare, and, and I just no doubt in the world she is really being that six months, another year older. She's she's stronger. She handles her work better, according to Chris Waller and, and Charlie Duckworth. So, um, yeah, it, it would have been interesting. You never know. He's retired now. In a moment, what a job he was. But um, I don't want to get carried away with the breeding stuff, stuff but. I think sometimes in racing you just got to acknowledge the Inghams race little surfer girl the mums. So sometimes in racing 
apart from us punters who just want to bet on horses. I think it might mean something to that family having raced the mum prior. Oh, no doubt. Oh, there's no doubt about it. They, they'd be getting a huge thrill out of her. And what a day Debbie had with Riff Rocket. And I think she's in Switzerland as well. Or Switzerland yeah. as well. So uh, she's had an amazing day there. And, um, yeah, it's uh, three, probably the three, well, three of the four best <laughs> horses we saw on the day. Mm, exactly right. Um, now, boys, there's a couple of texts on the text line here. Black Caviar Lightning, as I said, we're uh, hopefully going to chat with David Gately shortly. Uh, but no doubt you guys have been watching from Sydney because our eyes were on private eye. Uh, we were quite keen to see how he went again in Imperatriz. And it was a race, Duff. It was a very good race. Oh, I love the race. They, they went out there fighting. No one in the wide, wide world had him, you know, eyeballing um, each other from the start to finish. And uh, Shin sort of... Um, went a little early just to try and see, you know, how tough are you? Uh, because, obviously, um, he'd only ever had one run of 1,000 metres in a past life, um, private eye, uh, where Imperatriz is a 1,000-metre specialist, uh, where she's been untouchable. So we, he had to try something. It didn't work, but it did work. You know, it was, <laughs> I, I thought he was beaten in a, like I said, a, a split decision. And, yeah, bring it on next time. Give some hope um, because I thought he was amazing um, to have a go and nearly pull it off. Do you think, Richie, um, we will see them have another go? I don't know. No, um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if Imperators will come to the TJ Smith. I'd love to see her here. I'd love to see her here up here in Sydney. And um, there's no doubt that she loves the straight. She loves Flemington. But, look, I've listened to this show a hundred times and heard Duff sing the praises of Joe Pride. He, he's, he's not just a great trainer, Joe. He's a thinker. And that would have been a, a, a plan that him and Blake would have spoke about for ages saying, right, what are we going to do? Just hit three lengths off her and then try and gun her down and make it no contest? To come out and eyeball, I just, it was great for the sport. You know, it was great that the champion and imperatives found a way to get over the line. It was great that Private Eye showed his versatility. Um, and, you know, they've run 32 and a half coming home and Espiona's mm. taking ground off them. Mm. Um, wow. So maybe Espiona. And, and don't forget last year when. Chris Waller elected to miss one of those feature races. I'm just trying to think what it was up here in Sydney uh, in the spring. And he said, no, we're going down to run in Melbourne with Espiona uh, in the, uh, back in the spring last year when she ran in the, um, the, the VRC stakes there. And that was for the reason, with this race in mind, and then also come July, uh, uh, a little race at Royal Ascot. I think that's where you might see Espiona after this preparation. She might be heading over to Europe and we'll see it down the straights there in, uh, in England. Mm, that's okay. interesting. Uh, so with the horses, why do you think they would not come to Sydney? Rich, what would well, be there? What would be there? You can stay in your own backyard. You know what's there. You've, you've been there. You've done it before. You've been over the same yardage. And it's, you know, I look at every Saturday, um, Dave, like Duff was. You look at the noms, you think, geez. That race, that also be perfectly placed up here in Sydney. That one would be a better chance in Melbourne. You know, sometimes it's easy to play in your own backyard. Why do, why do football teams who should have ten and a half start? They're playing at home. Have only got six and a half start. Just that home ground advantage. It, it's underestimated in a lot of sports. And I think Imperators is uh, the New Zealanders have said that she's more comfortable in Melbourne. She she settled in. She's got her own bedding there that they bought across from New Zealand. She breathes better. She uh, works better in Melbourne and. 
they're electing to stay there. If they come to Sydney, wow, won't it be mouth-watering if, if she happens to come for 1,200 metres at Ramwick over the carnival in the DJ Smith. Got a text on the text line here. Apparently, David Ellis just said on Melbourne Radio that it'll either be Newmarket or Canterbury Stakes next start. Really? That's they're, on the, they're on the same day, those races. Well, are they, gonna, yeah. are, they go, are they going to actually invite her into the new market? They're going to give her... What weight are they going to give her? A nine-time Group 1 winner will... Um, I think all eyes are on the handicapper there to say... Uh, They've done um, that before. Oh, fair income. <laughs> they did that before with the invitation. Well, I, 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 <laughs> the, battle, the battle between states now for the headline act. She might get 51. <laughs> can I just can I just say something though? Now, can I can I just say something though, boys? And I'm only going off one photo I saw on social media. And you make a good point here, Richie, about the headline act. Um, and I saw it post. It's been reshared. There was a, obviously there's plenty of people down in the members at Flemington. There's plenty of people, no doubt, in the grandstand. But out the front, just before the uh, the, the big group one. The grandstand is nearly empty there at Flemington. Now, if that's the headline act, if she's the best in the country, there's got to be more people. And I'm sure there would be. Flemington's a real big place, and I'm hoping... I'm, I'm trying to sort of be devil's advocate by looking at that photo and going, well, there's got to be more people on track. It can hold nearly 100,000 people. Surely the VRC and Racing Victoria have done, you know, their, their marketing. They've got these horses. But if that is uh, not what I'm hoping, if it's a different story, then we are in some strife. Because you're right, she is a headline act, and when she comes up to Sydney, it will be no doubt marketed and pushed, and, and hopefully there will be a lot of people here um, to, to see her, boys. She's not even in the Canterbury Stakes market. I'm wondering whether it's a ploy for the handicap or not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you'll get your old mate Dicko uh, to put, put her in the market there. She'll probably go up. Well, it's interesting. They've got the big doubtful uh, beside her in the new market handicap, the Tap yeah. Boys. So in the prenoms at the 450. A bit to play out there, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. We will wait and see what happens with Imperatriz. You can give us a call on 1353. It's the open line number. Uh, let's talk about uh, Switzerland because it was a very good performance. Shangri-La Express, they were the two uh, that everyone was talking about. What did you make of the two-year-old stuff? Yeah, very good. Um, don't knock a winner. Um, I loved... This year we're all bagging, everyone's bagging Craig Williams for going forward in Melbourne on the odds yeah. on chance. I, I love the fact that McDonald, he jumped well, he said, OK, let's toughen you up a little bit. If he gets beat, everyone, everyone probably wanted to hang him as well. But this horse has been well looked after at the trials, teaching him the ropes. Got a lovely little cuddle the other day when he won. Now, see what you got here, boy. Uh, sit outside of one of Gay's and Adrian's and see how you go. And he did. And he passed, he, he ticked the box with flying colours. He's only a little fella, uh, but that doesn't mean anything. Uh, and, uh, but he's a neat little horse. He's, I think the next run tells us the tale with him, where there'll be all these beautiful two-year-olds we got. There'll be plenty of depth in the next race. And I'm not saying Shangri-La Express wasn't depth. And, uh, yeah, he's a very interesting horse going forward. I, I don't know whether he's a storm boy yet, but things change. They're horses. And we all saw, well, Chris give us a free tip after the race to Varna, maybe <laughs> champagne steaks. So, so um, that was a good run. Um, I'll answer a couple of the Duff with you. What, what Duff says right about Craig Williams and Jimmy Stark. Look, it's funny. Kieran Ma, he's the employer. I, I'm all for Kieran having his say and, 
and, and stamping him down. He's the boss. He's the one. And we don't know exactly what Karen said to Craig Williams. But then again, on the flip side, and I, I, I love being critical, um, the reason you put a Craig Williams and that on is because they sum situations up after two strides. And um, Jimmy Starr was disappointing. Uh, that said, maybe Kieran Martin, I, didn't, I don't want him up there no matter what happens. I want you back so you can charge through the line you'll run over top of them. So that's a different argument. In regards to Switzerland, I think Duff says right, because James said straight after the race, he jumped good. He said, I, I was thinking, but by that time, he said, I'd gone too far forward. I had to keep going. His whole preparation, he's only ever had one preparation like Shinzo, and it's the reason that Chris Waller and the Coolmore team elected to bypass what looked a gift $2 million race Saturday week ago to stay on their path of the big day being um, the Tab Grand Final day being the, the Golden Slipper. I thought he was terrific. Um, just for a moment there, I thought he was in trouble and then quality uh, got him home. He now got three weeks and then two weeks. And on grand final day, he'll be he'll be rock solid, ready to go. Who, who rides him? Well, it'll be up to Ryan Moore. If Ryan Moore wants to ride Storm Boy, he will, and James will be on Switzerland. If Ryan wants to ride Switzerland, James will be on Storm Boy. It'll be interesting come grand final day. But at the moment, there's a Storm Boy, there's a gap, there's Switzerland, and then there's another gap. Mm. Well, if you were Ryan Moore, what are you riding? Storm um, Boy? Yeah. yeah, look, but is it... I don't know how to think of this one. I don't know what the, the deals are. Like, I would have thought Ryan Moore was their number one jockey in Europe and a big go-to man. And I would have thought James is their number one in Sydney. There'd be some, there'd be some sly little phone calls going on um, behind the scenes, I reckon. And, and maybe Ryan... You know, one for Chris last year. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to think here. They want to make him a dual hemisphere sire. James yeah, there's all angles. Yeah, there's yeah, all angles there. Angles. Two powerful boys there, I'm telling you. There'll be um, lots yeah. of uh, networking and going up, on. Neither of them are worrying about a thing that you, they probably wouldn't understand if I explained it to them about a mortgage. What happens is we go and borrow money to try and buy a home. I don't think no. either of those are worrying about oh, that. They're not yeah. worried about any of that. Uh, <laughs> Switzerland strapper shouted everyone out on Saturday night. That was lovely, that little <laughs> sling that he got. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they caught that. They caught that uh, on the cameras. What about... Um, and by the way, that's something that, uh, that uh, I think traditionally Tom has done, from what I gather. It's, it's something that he always oh, does. Look, Tom does it all the time, but don't, don't knock others. I, I can tell you that I... I know a stack of people, uh, a stack of owners, you'll do it. And, and Tom didn't do it to get any accolades. No, he, was, no. Uh, he didn't know the Tom camera was on. He yeah. didn't know, and it was very sly. But it, it does happen more often than you think, which is great to see. But mind you, I, uh, I think some people might have stopped when the 2% started chiming in, and they're now, <laughs> earning, they're now earning more than the small shareholders in the horse. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get to a break, boys, uh, we, I want to talk about, um, because it seemed like the weekend that everyone wants to just pot jockeys. Uh, obviously, I know that Nash was in the firing line as well uh, with Bonner's Notches. What did we make of uh, the Expressway, boys? Um, yeah, look, uh, Bonner's Notches was a, a total forgive. He just come back that length when um, they pushed the button on Malkovich, so eight lengths turned into 20 <laughs> um, at that moment, and that was mm, brutal for him. That was... Mm, couldn't win. So, uh, yeah... When you look at the head-on and things, I could see where he's coming from to a certain extent, and it was just one of those things that didn't happen for him. So, a total forgive. Up and running, King of Sparta uh, goes well for James. Right place, right time. Cole Crusher was fantastic. He's got improvement to come, and he's just a good, tough customer. 
Uh, Richie? <laughs> well done to Duff and his mm. co-owner, the King of Sparta. The blinkers go on Cold Crusher. And Bonner's not just. Let's just see who rides next up. <laughs> okay. Are you going to ride? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was going to say, are we too... Um, well, I think the uh... second best jockey in... I think at the moment you've got James McDonald. And if you watch Friday night, while well, a few of the boys, are, uh, as Darren Beeman said, having a sleep, Dylan mm. Gibbons worked out the fence was dynamite and rode through the first four winners and got a beat of lip in the other race. So yeah. he, he's riding in great form, young Dylan Gibbons. No doubt. He's, he certainly is. We'll take a quick break. Uh, when we return, David Gatt is going to join us. As we go to a break, here's what the beaten jocks had to say in that big group one at Flemington. Mark Zara, Rich Fortune. I ran really well. Didn't disgrace yourself. Good race. Damien Lane, Cylinder. He ran well. Unfortunately, first and second just controlled the race and I was strung up behind them for too long. And when they have it that easy through the first half, you're never going to make any ground on those sort of, those sort of horses. Mick D, Espiona. Yeah, massive run. Um, I was always confident she was going to run a great race, um, and that she did. I thought we were going to go really close to winning when we peeled out to make our run, but unfortunately the first two, the two class horses of the race, just gave it just as good a kick, but we were pulling ground off them late. Blake Shin, Private Eye. Uh, look, the horse ran amazing. No pressure early. He ended, we ended up leading, which wasn't ideal, but... Uh, you know, the mayor come at me, he put up, he was there for the challenge, but uh, she just pulled out enough, so it's no disgrace to run where he did. Craig Williams, Balani Patina. Yeah, they're the best sprinters that we have at Wait for Age, 1,000 metres of Flemington, no hiding spots, and you can see how good and competitive my mare is against those horses, and we just, we'll just off them today. We just need a few more things in our favour to, uh, to get on terms with them. Jamie Carr, I am unstoppable. He has a disappointing run. The way he's been going lately, he's been flying, I thought. Um, a, a bit went wrong then, but not enough for him to run like that. So they're going to go over him and just make sure there's nothing wrong with him. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. You are on Sky Sports Radio. We've got uh, Ron Duffersey, we've got uh, Richard Callender, David Gately now joining us from his Melbourne studio. And uh, just saw tweeted by the Chris Waller team that unfortunately Sulcum is out for the autumn. So that's bad news uh, for mm. fans of Sulcum and also uh, the Waller team. As I say, good morning to Gator. Gator, we've already been discussing this morning the, the Lightning, the performance of Imperatrez, the great race it was. What did you think of the Lightning, mate? Quickly, good morning. Yeah, good morning, team. Forgive the, the delay, just on pros hours here. The um, yeah, look, it was just it wasn't a true test of a thousand metre endurance, was it? So, um, bit of a sit sprint, so it didn't suit Imperatriz and the better athletes. But um, I liked her tenacity. I loved her will to win, and um, yeah, I think a truly run race will suit her better going forward. Do you think they'll come to Sydney, Gator? I do not know, but. Um, I don't uh, think in her history, as I think of her CV, that um, running on her uh, right leg is any major issue. So, um, don't know. Okay. We'll have to wait and see what exactly uh, happens uh, with her. We also discussed in brief uh, Jimmy's uh, star, um, obviously, with its performance. What did you make of it? Um, The run, what have you made of um, Jimmy's star, the dissection of Craig's ride, the dissection of the times coming out of the race. There's been a lot said since uh, the running of it at 4.55 on Saturday Arvo. No, you're right. There's been a lot said. Um, I think the, the bottom line is 
from my perspective, uh, that they're not motorbikes, right? So I think I think we fall for the the data a little bit too much. Um, you know, the individual athletes, and they need to be treated as such. So I think if the um, you know I'm in the I'm in the camp that if if the pilot uh, gets off and and the stable who know the athlete better than us, if they say they think they got it wrong, then I'm going to go ahead and assume they got it wrong. Um, would he have won the race? Absolutely no idea. And you can argue that till the end of time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think, but I think the <clears> best thing for this horse and this athlete is to be cuddled early and let him find the line. Um, and you know, can use all the data in the world. And, and I'm not decrying anyone's opinion and not diminishing that. Uh, but that's mine. Um, and I think the best recipe for this horse to have success is to be ridden differently. But did we know that before Saturday? We might know now. No. So, <laughs> so in, in hindsight, maybe you might be right. But um, I, I think in Williams's defence, there was no evidence to say that he can't lead and win. Yeah. And he was in a beautiful rhythm, and 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 I still think Don't with yeah, look, it's it's just straight after the race, you get a camera put on a, a, a microphone put under your. Um, under your face there, but Kieran, he wouldn't know anything about how far they went, and he would have been disappointed. And he he was in shock and and said it was a terrible ride. But I think after Sunday morning, he might have woke up and said, "Yeah, I didn't like the ride, but it wasn't terrible." Well, we know now we're we're not going to push forward anymore. I, I don't know. I'm I just can't yeah. be critical because there was no evidence before the race that horse could not lead. Yeah. Well, the I think going to be in the pudding. Yeah. So the next time the horse runs. Uh, we're going to know, aren't we? That's <laughs> for sure. That's for sure. If he's ridden back and explodes, and hang on, we learned something here. So, But there aren't too many. I think it's a minority of athletes that are equine that can do both. I can mm. sit back yeah. and run on and lead and win. There's not many that do it. No. Yeah, we never saw Winch do it, Dave, and she's no. the best I've seen in my career. So, um, well, I'm calling it a career now. Jeez, you can lose money in school calls. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine, imagine if Fangirl led on Saturday. Where would she have run? I, I think she runs sixth, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 think, know, I think the... the, the, the you hit the nail on the head, Duff, with the... I think the comment... Uh, we know how passionate um, Kieran Maher is, but I think if that comment's not made, then we're not all... There's not the big uproar. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not saying that. Not saying that uh, everything needs to be cuddled to in a bubble. He exactly, exactly right. But I feel like that's where the pile on starts. Um, Dave, has your boss ever come to you and said something you've disagreed with? Well, yes, he's, he's the boss. Yes, he's he has. But okay, well, he's the boss. Bought the horse. He's entitled to have his say. He disagreed, and we don't know if he said to Craig Williams, "Craig, I want this ridden cold." But then again. The reason that I love putting Craig Williams on, because I don't think there's many other jockeys in the country give you as good a feedback as him. But as Duff said, we now know after the race that that's probably not the way to ride him. Um, then again, you know what? Uh, as goes, he goes back. Who say who to say that he wins or doesn't run seventh? We yeah, don't no, know. No. But now, no, I love it. I, I like now. it. I, I'm sort of I'm sort of in this um, I'm sort of in this uh, this camp of that. I think that in racing in general, we do we are a bit soft. When things don't go to plan uh, on oh. on all participants, like you turn on the footy, you watch Channel Nine, you hear Gus on the footy. If there's a mistake made by a player, that's a bad pass. He shouldn't have done that. He's had a brain fade there. So we, in other sports, we talk about you know mistakes that are made, and we and they're quite critical of all sports. But with racing, if anything critical happens, 
we hold back a little bit. That's because obviously, you know, we, it's a dangerous sport. We haven't, I haven't ridden a horse, so there's that mentality of, well, I haven't. How can I make a comment on a race I've never been involved? But it is that type of sport, and that's just the way of the beast is. I, I think it's great that Kieran makes the comment, but then also, as Duff said, maybe he might he might have still been critical of the ride the next morning, but maybe not have used the language that he used. It's just one of those things. We're going to Jimmy be careful. Star, exactly. We're going to be careful. In racing, we're going to be very careful we just don't become robot racing. We all get these stewards map, speed maps, and if you don't ride to them, you're in trouble. And it just takes any, you know, it doesn't take bias or perceived bias into considerations throughout the day and if someone doesn't ride that map oh I backed that horse I looked at the maps that's how and uh, why is there any questions asked and you know it's <laughs> we're, we're going to be very careful with robot racing where everyone's got the same maps and everyone wants to find their position that they're supposed to be in it, it's it's yep. dangerous stuff 100 percent. Mm. and look and everyone disagrees with maps so I, I did a meeting at Wong a few weeks ago uh, only that I remember the horse Dusty Rubble they the, the speed maps Horatio Wales had it leading. Mm. And I think I said I'd walk home if it led. It, it settled seventh. But, it, you know, we've all got different opinions of what horses are going to show different speed. In the city, we get somewhere thereabouts. But we've always... You've got to have the element that if something happens... Like, no-one had Switzerland straight outside Shangri-La Express on Saturday. James McDonald, as you said, rightly said earlier, Duff, he, he went there because where was else is he going to go? Yep. Exactly right. Uh, give us a call. 135353 is the open line number. You've got uh, Ron Duffersey, Richard Callender, and also David Gately. You can ask them some questions about the weekend's racing. There's a question here for yourself, Gator. In relation to Aardvark, which was very good in the Talon Dirt, uh, this one for Lee and Troy Corsons, Damien Lane. Uh, there was a bit of uh, a watch around here for the Snowden horses and also the Anthony and Sam Friedman eject, but Aardvark was very good in those Heron colours. Yeah, he looked good, didn't he? Obviously, um, you know, he was given a touch-up by one of the favourites for the Blue Diamond earlier in his career, but we know how quickly this uh, generation two-year-olds can improve or, you know, or go the other way, so... He certainly looks to have come on from that first prep. He showed that at the trial, and the win itself was good off a tardy start. Weaved through a tight gap, not easy for an inexperienced athlete. Uh, the clock hasn't really said you're a star. You know, they've gone two lengths above average for the class, listed two-year-olds, and he still hasn't been able to, to run to that, um, uh, above that sort of level. So I probably wanted to see a little more substance from him mathematically. You know, if that's your pony, last 600 overall time, if I was going to say he's a threat to Coleman... Uh, and those sort of horses in a blue diamond. OK. We'll take a quick break. It is uh, punters post-mortem. Your calls on the side. Give us a ring. 13.53.53. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and punters post-mortem. You most certainly are. Give us a ring. 13.53.53. Wherever you're listening around New South Wales in the ACT or maybe you are listening via the Tab app. Uh, Duff, Redstone Well. Gee, this was a nice win on the weekend and paid very nice odds. It was nice over the mile. Uh, J-Mac jumps on and Annabelle Neesham, this team is uh, starting to fire, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're always firing. They've got a good, uh, a terrific trainer. Um, busy busy young lady, that's for sure. Uh, lots of horses. But, yeah, look, I thought it was a good win. I don't think it was much of a race, to tell you the truth. Um, I think he's the only horse to follow out of the race. Going forward, yeah, 2,000 looks better for him. So, yeah, he's a, a lightly raced import, hard to gauge how much more to come, but he's on his way now. 
and a good grinding win, but um, it's going to get harder the further we get into the autumn. So um, how far these horses can go, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with Gaya? I think he's he clearly the one, to fo- sorry, the one to follow, Redstone. I don't think there's much uh, doubt about Redstone. Well, I think I think the other horses, uh, Louisville, who come back in trip, was good. Uh, I thought Etna Rossi didn't have a lot of luck. Um, even uh, Stadio Mistala Duff will probably go for a little break or easier. They won't figure in the carnival races, but I, mm. uh, I think there's always a race on the program for these horses just to pop up. Yep. Gator? Yeah, look, it was a good solid win. I mean, I, the query was, wasn't it, him staying at 1,600? But uh, once he was in the race and had the back of a Stadio Mistala given the uh, the perfect ride, the only box left to tick, you ought to be good enough to win. And he was, you know, there was 1.4 lengths second to, uh, not second to eight. So, you know, but they're, they're handy horses. That's just benchmark racing. But things get harder now, don't they? The, the mountain gets a bit steeper. We've got Steve on the line, boys. G'day, Steve. Morning, boys. How are you? Very good, mate. What have you got for us? I just want to ask about two horses that um, I haven't seen for a little while, if you know where they're going. Um, one's uh, hedged from the Mickey Price stable. Speak that uh, Catahoula who's been going around lately, winning. Um, and the other one is Jen Zano from the Sara stable in Sydney. Yeah, I, um, yeah I, I can't really help you what the preparations are for those horses. Obviously, I think uh, hedged might have run it... Um, yeah, it didn't work anyway. They'd run at Ballarat the other day or something. Uh, no, that's 23. So it's, it hasn't been seen since October, but it says it is in active. So it must be in work somewhere. I'll tell you what we might do. I might get uh, Tanya, if Tanya can hear me, uh, over there at French's Forest to give Mick Kent Jr. a call. Hedge, a capitalist gelding, who races in those um, RTD racing colours, the dice colours. So... Uh, we haven't, yeah, we haven't seen since October. I might get um, Mick Kent Jr. on the line to Tanya to find out where Hedge is going. And what was the other horse, mate? Jen Zano, former Sarah's three by Maurice. She won the spring stakes up at Newcastle, but in kind words, terrific run. She's not nommed anywhere. I, look, she's... Um, I remember one day where I was at Tenworth and Burley, the horse of Katie Morgan's at its first start and just was awesome beating it. And then Burley won two from two, then was sold overseas, but... Yeah, she's a pretty promising filly. That was November. I wonder whether Paul's just looking perhaps to a, a Queensland campaign. I'm only guessing, but she hasn't trialled this time back in. That was late November. So maybe she's just that little bit be, behind uh, the Sydney Carnival. Yep, okay. she's, in, she's in work, so she, you know she's in work anyway, so keep an eye out for her at the trials. All right, beautiful. We'll try and get on to Mick Kent Jr. though for Hedged, and I'll try and chat with Paul Mazzara at some time uh, this week in relation to Genzano. Steve, thank you very much uh, for your call. Uh, here's a text on the text line. Uh, hey, boys, what do we make of the performance in uh, race number four of uh, Wind Chat? This horse looks to have a lot of ability, and he did uh, on Saturday. He just controlled that race, didn't he, Duff? Hey, nice horse. Nice horse. Lovely. Any horse that can go out hard and quick off the front and quicken off the front have always got an advantage. And, uh, yeah, likeable. Stable's flying. Been around the mark in everything, David Pfeiffer's horses. So, yep, he's a nice horse. He's been, obviously, work in progress. He's had a lot of warnings for bad behaviour and barrier manners. But hopefully, with two two wins on the board now, that his confidence in, in, in the barriers and things like that, um, they've overcome. So... 
wasn't uh, a race stacked full of depth, but he went from you know midweek to Saturday in in really good style. Yeah, it's not easy duck when you win five from ten. I think four of those uh, wins have been in town. You've got to be a pretty handy Gulliver, but yeah, he's done a good job. Things will make the order on the weekend. So as David just said, and you said uh, things get harder from here on in if you're staying if you're staying at work and racing in Sydney. He's a really good example of um, what we spoke about, or what I spoke about when I eventually came on, um, about horses' patterns. I mean, this horse is actually unbeaten when he leads in a race. So um, when he sits behind, not as effective. So, um, you know, it's about knowing the horse, individual athlete's best trait and exploiting that. We've got a special guest joining us, boys. Seek and you will find uh, and be delivered. Mick Kent Jr. Hello, Mick. Morning, boys. How are we going? Very good. You're with Ron Doversy, Richard Callender, David Gately, punters post-mortem. We just had a, a punter call in and ask if we knew where Hedged was going. He, he wants to find out what's happening with Hedged. He likes the horse. Can you tell us exclusively where Hedged is going, this preparation? Yeah, that's it. Sky Sports exclusive here. Uh, so obviously <laughs> won his last start, last prep by four lengths on a Saturday over 1,000 metres. He's having his second trial next Monday and we'll kick him off on the 9th of March at Flemington down the straight, 1103 year old. Three weeks later to the listed Sunlight Classic, which is that race with half a million, which what you need um, beat Benedetta last year. Pretty good yep. race. And then all being well up to Sydney, uh, you know, if he could get a strong 1200, then a race like the Arrowfield Sprint worth a million would um, appeal. But Obviously, um, lots of time to go before then. Okay. We saw a lot of those nominations come through for the champs, and I see your two big guns for the Queen Elizabeth. He's a shocker and amenable. Uh, probably not big guns in the context of uh, what's around amenable. Big guns trials. for you, though. They're your, you know, that's your, you know, you've got to talk well, them up. Uh, yeah, look, um, amenable's trialling uh, as we speak, literally having your first one back, and we'll kick off in the Shaftesbury Avenue. He's, he's a gelding now, and he's... He has got a group one in him. Um, but, yeah, we've got a nice team of uh, particularly three-year-old sprinters um, that might come up to Sydney and maybe a derby horse. Uh, United Kingdom is a Almanzor Colt who sat back last and went whoosh on debut in the second start this Saturday in the Group 2 1800 Autumn Classic. Okay, so, yeah, I saw him in the noms, Duff. Uh, what you need, he's obviously had an injury problem and I don't know what you, where you are with him. Are you going to get him back on top of him? Yeah, look, um, he's had a little throat correction. Seems to be going well. He's probably two weeks off a trial. Uh, so with unbeaten Colt, you need to um, see him do it under pressure. But uh, <coughs> all signs are good at this stage. Okay, okay. all right. Uh, and another one I want to ask you about too Um was down here in there's a there was a text about this morning. It was this horse in the uh, Queen of the Turf, Vibrant Sun. Yeah, Amenable this morning's <coughs> trial by three lengths. There we go, live radio. Okay, um, so Amenable wins the trial. Beautiful. Do you want to do a, an update for us? As if you're sitting <laughs> to the owners. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll wait till he comes back in. We can if you want. Um, but uh, yeah, so Vibrant Sun. She's um, oh, look that. Look, at, at this stage, he's heading towards Adelaide for the Oaks over there. But, yeah, very smart filly. Won a maiden by seven, and we had to put her in the deep end a week later in the Guineas um, on a day where you couldn't get back and wide, and she was back and wide. So giving her a spell, and she's um, she's trialling this morning as well, and we'll hopefully head to Adelaide. 
Gee, Snow Patrol was good on the weekend too. Yeah, oh yeah, um, nine days ago. He won nine the days, yeah. First up. Yeah, so um, Mark Zahr has gone with King Colorado for the Guineas. So Blake Finn has been booked to ride. Um, I love that horse. That was a good win first up, and we left plenty in the tank for one of ours. So, um, look, he's got to, got to go and beat Riff Rocket. Uh, but, um, yeah, there's plenty of improvement to come. All right, boys. Any other questions for Mick Kent Jr.? Or we can let him go. Richie, Gator? All good? No, no. I'll leave Mr. Kent Jr. alone. He's, Perfect. Uh, he's, always in, he's always informative, and he no doubt he'll be up in Sydney for the fashions on the field. He, he's always one of the world back <laughs> I was going to say, very, very good kid. Very good kid. Very sharp. Um, it's good to see. Isn't it good to see with racing the Ray-Bans continue through? Like, you see those old photos of the FBI boys, the Freeman boys, and it just continues through that Ray-Ban look. Um, so you'll be looking sharp. We'll see you soon up here, Mick. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, mate. There you go. We had a caller wanting to know about hedged trials next week and then a look out. Uh, we've got Trev on the line. G'day, Trev. Hey, Dave. How are you? Very good, mate. What have you got for us? Uh, I just wanted to give a, a shout-out to the, uh, the Scone Race Club. I know I know you're a big one when times are tough for people and so forth, that the, the racing industry always... Um, does their best to help out. And, yeah, I've got a mate who's, who's become terminally ill and, um, yeah, he's got inoperable cancer um, and he's a regular scone race goer and he's got shares and horses and that. So I just contacted the club to see if there's any chance we could get a race named after him. And within hours, it's sorted. That's <laughs> sensational, mate. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. Young, young Bronte there just rang me back a couple of hours later and, yeah, race four next Tuesday is the race name after how Sensational, good. How mate. Good. Well yes. done. Well yes, done. So, Thank yes. you very much for your call, mate. And that's good. And by, by the way, I mean, that's the type of thing that I've, I've constantly said. Uh, if there's someone in the racing game that's uh, doing it tough or even if it's someone in the racing game doing something else for someone, like we had Damien Fitton on the program last week. He's doing a, the Starlight uh, Kids uh, <coughs> Swim. He's, he's trying to raise funds there. He's doing that off the top of his back. Because of you know his personal experience as a youngster with asthma, it's not just Damien. There's there's stacks of people that are in our game that do various things uh, away from racing or within racing to to try and help others, and that's what I want to be talking about. So if you know of someone or something that's happened, just give us a ring because more than happy uh, to promote it. That's for sure. Now we need some horses to follow, boys, from the weekend. Uh, actually. I will hold up there because there is one horse and one race we haven't touched on. And I heard Gary Portelli yesterday chatting with um, Bulldog and Ray. He was going fishing with his uh, little one and his old man in relation to uh, Kiamochi. She finally got it. Gee, the ride on learning to fly was a beauty from Chad. Uh, losing ride, Duff. Yeah, it was a, a deserved a better fate. Um, they just, she just got intimidated a little bit late there. That's a great return from her, but take nothing away from the winner. Yeah. She's just um, an absolute beauty, the way she's competed at the top level. Uh, she went through and was tough last preparation, and she's and she's got a you know a, a good win on the board here, and it hasn't stopped yet. But learning to fly was great. Steffi Magnetica was good, um, another one with residual fitness. And I think, obviously, Tis Invincible gets another chance from the draw. And Odati Glamour, uh, Gerald didn't crunch her down and she'll be better over further. So, lovely fillies. The, great, the surround's going to be a great race. And bring it on, but uh, learning to fly. I think they'd be over the moon there. Richie, Gator? Yeah, well, um, look, I, I think the horse to follow out of Ramish clearly, and I'd... I'd 
I texted up earlier. I said, if you can leave it alone and let me mention, uh, Grace Lestyler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was still wondering where you are going. <laughs> um, I was going to mention too, uh, Stepping Magnetica, no doubt. I want to follow Stepping Magnetica. Um, and, and look, I know that it's going to the big races, but uh, I'll be certainly following uh, Buckaroo, the, uh, its next few runs heading forward. So they're my two. But Duff, I'm at a meeting at Ramwick. You would, I've got to go because yeah, you got to walk. Well, the food's out, and Johnny Sargent's mm-hmm. walked in. I'm already four lengths back. I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on a standing start, and the, and the rope hasn't gone up. I've got, I've got, to, I've got to make up ground. I've, I've never known a bloke with so many meetings. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. Uh, there we go. There's Richard Callender. He's gone. Um, that's uh, well, at least he's true to form. The food, the tucker comes out. Got to go. Duff, what are we uh, following horse wise? Um, not so much in next run or maybe the one after, but I think the two to follow, uh, um, Buckaroo is one of them. There's a good win in him, whatever Chris isolates for him to peak him up in. And Duvana, as the two-year-old races get longer, um, they're the two just to keep it tabs on. And the more immediate ones, I think a Mad Darcy out of race two, it's a surefire midway winner in the making. And although it was a weak race, Time Quest is a big improver out of the last... All right. What about yourself, Gator? Yeah, definitely Time Quest, the horse to take out of that last race. Um, I'm going to stick with Arctic Glamour. Um, Stout spared, wasn't she? Quickest last 200 of the day at 11.28. And um, I'm still a believer, even though I lost my money on Saturday. That race rated really well on Saturday against the likes of King of Sparta and Bonus Notches. So a lot to like about those fillies. Mm. Um, from... Uh, Flemington, uh, definitely Espiona and uh, Riff Rocket again, uh, outstanding win and, and plenty on the clock for him. So there's a few. There are. It's going to be that way as the weeks unfold. Uh, speaking of the weeks unfolding, uh, this coming Saturday at Rose Hill Gardens, the Hobartville, the Silver Slipper, uh, the Millie Fox, the Parramatta Cup, uh, just to name some of the features. So that'll be outstanding. We're back at Caulfield on Saturday in Melbourne, where, of course, we've got the Blue Diamond, uh, which will be a cracking race where we'll have that... Um, well, well, we'll get to see Coleman back in action. Um, bodyguard was extremely impressive, of course, and uh, also uh, it'd be interesting to see what other horses do go down to Melbourne and lock themselves in that can make that field. And on the remainder of the program, you've got the Zedity of the Autumn Classic. Um, you've got the Oakley Plate as well. Uh, the Futurity, so stacks of Group 1s on the cards and uh, again, two big race days in two big cities and you'll catch it all on Sky Sports Radio and Sky Racing. Have a good week, boys. Let's find some winners. Yep, plenty to look forward to. See you guys. Thanks, Thanks Duff. Thanks, Gator. Bye.